Folks, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 3. While you're turning there, I'll just let the balcony know. You guys look hot up there, right? Your fan is pretty warm. Can I just say there is some wonderful, wonderful seating down here, beautiful real estate. Huh? I won't call on you. I don't call on anybody if you sit close. You can come down, be with me. We're talking about things being revealed by fire, revealed by fire. I'm actually really excited about this sermon, even though it is issuing us a warning. But let's read the text together first. 1 Corinthians 3, if you'll start in verse 10 with me, we're going to read 10 through 15. Verses 10 through 15 of 1 Corinthians 3. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So there's our text. The Bible, excuse me, let's do this right real quick. Hold on one sec. The Bible speaks of judgments to come. Um, But we are not focusing on any other judgment today other than the judgment of believers, more specifically, the judgment of our works. However, I will say that the judgments to come are going to address two classes of people. They're going to address believers and unbelievers, those who are saved and unsaved. Um, Now, Christ will not judge us or those two groups at the same time. In fact, these judgments are separated by the millennial reign. So you and I, we want to be a part of that first judgment, okay? The judgment of the saved, the judgment of the believer, those who will be at the judgment seat of Christ. That's what we want. So you may be saying to yourself right now, well, Pastor Mark, I thought that as a Christian, I was not going to be judged. I get that a lot. It's true. In essence, yes. You are not judged according to salvation. Jesus has taken care of that for you. Jesus has taken care of that on your behalf. Uh, Your salvation is a gift. Your salvation has been settled. Your salvation is secure. That matter is closed. But, and praise be to God for his gift of salvation, amen? Security. But your salvation, it's, it's intact. We're talking about this. You and I will all have to stand before God. Every single one of us will stand before God. We call it the judgment seat of Christ. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5.10, 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, We, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or or evil. 
which takes us back to our main verse today. If you look in your Bibles at verse 13, this is the key verse for today. 1 Corinthians 3.13, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. So this judgment of believers, this judgment of believers is about reward and loss of reward. Revelation 22.12, it says, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. Recompense, to give back, to repay, or a settling of payments. In, in other words, for us, this is the Lord's reward. The Lord's reward. But what reward? Have you ever thought about that? Because the Bible talks about it, but what reward? What is it? Well, I know that the Bible tells us in uh, Colossians that we will receive from the Lord the inheritance as our reward, the inheritance. So our inheritance that has been kept safe from rot, uh, from spoiling, from thievery, our inheritance that's been kept safe in heaven all this time, our reward in that is heaven, stepping into an eternal life, being in the actual presence of God forever, the glory that awaits us in this inheritance as children of God, as heirs to, um, uh, to, to the, well, I lost my place, there we go, to the kingdom, as heirs to the kingdom. This goes right back to our security. All this is intact. That's our inheritance. So are we talking about that as reward? Because the Bible also speaks about crowns, repeatedly about crowns as rewards, such as the crown of life, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, the imperishable crown. Uh, church family, there are many, many rewards mentioned in the Bible. However, the Bible does not give us specific information as to what this reward looks like. Now, I know that we all want to enter heaven, and we want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't think there's a soul in here that would say, nah, that's not what I want to hear. Of course we want to hear that from God. Well done, good and faithful servant. Could it be more of this? Could the reward that we're going to receive, could it be more of this? Could it, could it be extra praise from God? I mean, could the reward be, uh, could it equate to more responsibility that we're given? Could we be given more to be in charge of? How will this reward impact us? Well, we know there's no sin in heaven, so let's clear the air about one thing. We're not going to be competing with each other. There's no competition, right? We don't have to worry about that. Uh, we don't have to worry about climbing over each other in selfish ambition to claim reward. Nope, don't have to worry about that. And of course, envy. These things are not going to be troublesome to us. So we don't know exactly how this will impact us. So I cannot tell you what reward will look like or how it will be applied to you. But I can tell you this from verse 14. It says, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. So yes, reward will be given in heaven and yes, reward will be taken away. There will be a loss of reward. So, 
In this, Paul is issuing us a warning. This is a warning. It's true. Church, we are talking about teachers here. We're talking about church teachers, those who preach, those who teach, those who instruct. They, the Corinthian church, we, Grace Fellowship, must take great care, take great care in how God's church is built. There are a lot of churches today that are not being consistent with their foundation that the church was founded on. So we have to take great care in how the church is built. But don't think for a second that you're off the hook because you are not a teacher. Don't say, well, I won't have to worry about that judgment because I don't teach. No. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says this. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. The work of ministry, you are being equipped and are equipped for that work of ministry, building up the body of Christ that is the church. So you're not off the hook. And if you look at verse 9, I know I didn't include it, but verse 9, it says we are God's building. We are God's building. So yes, we are all involved. What about 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17? All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be what? Complete, equipped for every good work. Okay? And I already read an awesome verse to you. I'm going to put it up there again. 2 Corinthians 5.10. It says, For we must all appear, all of us will appear, before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one of us may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So we're all in this together. The judgment seat of Christ will all stand before it, and we will all be accountable to him for these works. Now, Paul is developing a metaphor here, and I want to break this down. <clears throat> He's developing a metaphor based on construction or architecture, if you will. He's distinguishing the church, te uh, church teachers from the rest of the church body. So in this metaphor, your teachers and your preachers, and, and, and no matter who you instruct, someone on the outside of church that you might be witnessing to, right? Someone that a missionary is witnessing to across the sea, or it could be your own child or grandchild at home. We who instruct, right, are builders, are builders, while the rest of the church is the building. But do not forget that you are being equipped and trained for this ministry too. This is all of us. So let's look at the images given to us in this text, and I want to relate them to the Corinthian church so it really starts to simplify, but that it sticks. Okay? So I'm going to just start in verse 9, the very end. It calls us a building. <clears throat> a building. We're talking about, in this text, the Corinthian church. Also in that, nine, uh, that verse 9, it says something special. It says the building belongs to God. It's God's building. The Corinthian church belongs to God. Not Paul, not Apollos, not any elder or leader of that church. 
not any teacher down the road. It belongs to God. Verse 10, where we started this morning, there is a skilled master, a builder who is skilled that is laying a foundation. Paul, Paul wisely founded the Corinthian church. Now, when he did this, it was upon the gospel of a crucified Messiah. It wasn't on Paul's opinions or how he felt that day or some culturally relevant uh, topic that was exploding. No, it was founded on a crucified Messiah. Because see, if we look at this, look at verse 10, there's going to be builders, later builders, other builders who are going to come and build on this foundation. So just like you, you can probably remember from, young, from your youth to now, different Sunday school teachers, different life group teachers, there's been several pastors behind this pulpit. There will be other teachers who will be building upon the foundation that has been laid. So others taught too after Paul left. There were others that taught at the Corinthian church. And here's the thing in 10. Each builder has to take care of how they're building because they're building on a foundation that's already been laid. So you have to take care of how you build. So teachers, just as important as the ones that are here in the Corinthian church, they had to take care of how they built upon the church's gospel foundation. It's going to get a little deeper here. Because these later builders, they had the opportunity to build with high-quality materials. You could consider them non-flammable, if you will, since we're talking about fire. They had the opportunity. They could, you ready for this? Church teachers can build on the church, God's church. They can be consistent with its foundation of a crucified Messiah. High-quality materials are building upon a foundation that's already been laid, but the materials they're using are consistent with the foundation so they can continue to build upon it. But later of teachers too, excuse me, can they also build with low quality materials? Absolutely. Both are available. I'll call these flammable, right? They can build with low quality flammable materials. So teachers in the Corinthian church could build inconsistently with this foundation of a crucified Messiah. They could be inconsistent. It doesn't match up. In a way, it reflects worldly wisdom of this age. It reflects cultural influence. And you guys know what I'm talking about. There is a foundation that has been laid, and there are people that are building upon it, and what they're building does not match up with that original foundation. It is true, it is true, it is so true in our world right now. In verse 13, though, we're told we're given an image of fire that will test and reveal the quality of this building. As all these others are teaching and building upon this foundation, whether they're consistent or inconsistent with it, fire is going to test that building. So God is going to disclose. He's going to disclose the quality of materials. He's going to disclose the quality of how church teachers have built churches. I know it's simple. But it's important for us to grasp this. God tells us that a builder whose building survives will receive a 
reward. That's for a teacher who is built with the right materials. For someone who has spoken to another, built on that foundation of Jesus with the right materials. A builder whose building does not survive a fire, they will suffer loss, but he himself, right, they will be saved, but as only one escaping through fire. I always picture somebody <clears throat> running out of a house that's engulfed in flames, and right as they exit the front door, the house collapses, big old fire, and they just escape. That's how I see it. They're saved and secure, but there will be loss. So God will not reward church teachers, preachers, anyone in instruction or who's in charge of instruction. He will not reward those who build with the wrong materials, though he will save them from eternal judgment. If that salvation is true, and we know some profess salvation, some profess Christianity, and it's just not real. Again, a tree will bear its fruit, and a tree will be known by that fruit. So, through the power and work of God, Paul was able to wisely, and I say that, that's an important word, wisely and skillfully lay a foundation for the church that he founded in Corinth. He was able to do that. <clears throat> After Paul, though, there would come others. Um, I have not your first pastor. You've had several. Uh, your Sunday school teachers, your life group teachers, they're not your first. You've had several. Others will come. <clears throat> and this brings us to our main idea. Hold. <clears throat> this brings us to our main idea. And that is each builder must take great care in how he or she builds on the foundation. How he or she builds on the foundation. And I know this sounds elementary, but believe me, we need to hear this message. And it's about to get exciting. So, first, I need to emphasize that the foundation cannot be relayed. You're not gonna reinvent God. You're not gonna create and alter God. God is who God is. He's unchanging. You're not reinventing our God. You're not reinventing our foundation. So the foundation cannot be relayed. We are not talking, and here what I'm talking about is God's church. There is no other foundation but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now, established churches. When I say established, I'm not talking a church that's been there for 100 years. It could be a brand new church three days old. When I say established, I'm talking about the foundation is real and true in Jesus Christ. So an established church, the foundation is always Jesus. If you ever enter a church or go to a service and the foundation is not Jesus, you exit that place and you run for the hills. Because that is not where you, a place for you to worship. That is not quality materials. They are going to build inconsistently upon the foundation that you know all too well. Second, Besides knowing that we can't relay the foundation. Folks, there's going to be a judgment. We learn from Scripture today that we are going to be judged for the quality of our work that was constructed on this foundation. Each builder judged accordingly. So we have to take care of how we build on this gospel foundation of the church because we are to be consistent with its foundation. 
I've read many articles, and I've watched them on TV. I've seen them online. I'm with them. I'm with them. I'm with them. Now I'm not, because they'll say something that is inconsistent with Scripture, that is not biblical. And that's when I say, whoops, that's it. That's where they're going to lose me, because they are not consistent with the foundation that's been laid in my life. And that's what I want for you. I want us to know God's Word. I want us, the Holy Spirit, to be able to convict us when someone enters our life with any kind of message other than that than Jesus Christ in Him crucified. So, our building materials, they are to line up with the Word of God. They are to line up with the gospel of Jesus. They are to line up with our Lord and the Savior and His story and crucifixion. So we have been presented with high-quality materials. We have been presented with low-quality. Again, in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verses 12 and 13, it says, Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, there's our quality of materials, each one's work will be manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one is done. Now, you notice that the text is talking about quality, not quantity. High quality materials and low quality materials. But our focus needs to be on quality. Again, we are all in this. Don't dismiss yourself for a second thinking this doesn't apply to me. I'm telling you, you will stand before God. You'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Your works will be tested Please pay attention to this. This gets important here. So what could these materials represent? Oh, man, I'm telling you, there are, there's a plethora of um, thoughts and ideas on what these represent. But I'm going to tell you, gold, silver, and precious stones against wood, hay, and straw. I mean, could it be the enduring quality over the temporary and the less valuable? I mean, it could be. Could it be true doctrine over false doctrine? Yeah. Could it be that maybe it's <clears throat> worthy motives against unworthy motives? We see that in the church. Sure. Maybe the low-quality materials are a combination of valueless, false teaching, and unworthy motives. But I'm going to tell you what's obvious. <clears throat> it's that to build with perishable Materials is to build a church with motives, methods, and teachings that are not gospel-centered. They are not consistent with the foundation of Jesus Christ. So how are you going to know the counterfeit? How are you going to understand what's perishable and imperishable? How are you going to understand what's not gospel-centered? Well, you have to know the gospel. And that's what we do here at Grace Fellowship. That's what they were doing in the Corinthian church. They wanted people to understand the message from God. We need to embrace what he has for us in his word. So instead, these materials, they would reflect a worldly wisdom that are inconsistent. You guys know that I could easily begin to alter God's word, bend God's word a little bit, because I want it to fit my ideology. I have a new thought. I have something that... Uh, changed in my life, and I'd like you guys to bend my way. That happens all the time. That happens all the time, and they're doing it to God's unchanging, perfect Word. So we have to know this, 
Inconsistency. Now, I understand we don't really need to overthink this metaphor, and I apologize. I know we don't need to overthink it. I know we don't need to expound on the materials, do we? We get it. Because we can see that if these things are to be tested by fire, if they are to be tested by fire, that some would make it and some would not. We all get that. We saw the quality of materials. We, what, we know exactly what would be burned up. It's pretty simple. You can build with gold. You can build with silver. You can build with precious stones. Or you can build with wood. You can build with hay. You can build with straw. But know this. These are going to be revealed by fire, meaning fire will test what sort of work each one has done. So we're looking at imperishable work against imperishable work. And what we're striving for is the imperishable work. Who wants to stand before Jesus watching these things be disclosed and they're perishable? So I just mentioned that our works are about quality. And I like that. I like quality over quantity. The quality of ministry which we're all being equipped for. No one escapes that. Uh, The quality of ministry in every good work, that's all of us, no one can escape that. The quality of work of the building up of the body of Christ, the church. Again, we're all in this. No one can escape that. This future judgment that I've talked about, right? The future judgment, uh, the scripture reading today in 1 Corinthians, the scripture reading, and the actual Corinthian church that we're talking about. These three things, they all serve as a powerful, powerful reminder of the accountability and responsibility for our actions in this life, our choices in this life. This life impacts the next. I mean, think about it. It is so important that God himself wants to meet with us face to face and talk about it. Do you think this life matters? because you're going to stand before Jesus to answer for it. Absolutely. i got to talk about fire just for a quick minute. Fire can be positive. Fire can be negative. It can be beneficial for warmth and cooking, but it can also be destructive. It can be destructive. The symbolism of fire and the element of fire, folks, it's, it's, all, it's seen all throughout Scripture. I mean, some examples. You have fire in the burning bush that Moses encountered. You have fire leading the Israelites while they're in the wilderness. Um, There's there's tongues as a fire above the, the 12 at Pentecost. And of course, fire falling from the heavens destroying man. Fire falling from the heavens destroying cities. Fire is represented all throughout the Bible, and here it is again. It's instrumental, but it's indifferent. I don't know if you ever caught this. It's indifferent. Fire can be positive and it can be negative, but here it's indifferent because what it's doing, it's revealing what's positive and negative. It's indifferent to what's coming through it, but it's going to do its work. It's going to be instrumental in revealing what's good and bad, what's good and evil, what's positive and negative, what's perishable and imperishable. That's what the fire is going to do. And here it reveals this, reward or a loss of reward at the judgment seat of Christ. But this is where it gets exciting. I know you're probably saying, well, what part of this is exciting? Here's where it gets exciting. Here's where you are to be encouraged. And this is where I was encouraged this week. 
Hebrews 4.13 says this, And no creature is hidden from His sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. He sees all. You ever done something, praise God, have you ever done something and wondered, well, no one saw that. (laughs) I did a good thing. God saw it. I did a bad thing. Mm, God saw it. God sees all. Nothing's hidden from him. Our lives are completely exposed. If it was the brightness of day, he sees all. So our, our works, our works reflect our faith and character. They do. You can't escape that. Your works will reflect your character and your faith. The choices that we make together and individually, you know what happens? Those turn into actions. Our choices always turn into actions. Do our choices and our actions, which I'm going to call our works, do they line up with the character and faith? Do they line up with our character and faith? And are these consistent with our foundation in Jesus? Because I can tell you, I've met many people that will quote Scripture to me, but it's not Scripture, it's some presidential quote. That's biblical. No, that's not biblical. Some president in the 1800s said that. I know a lot of people that misrepresent Christ, dismiss Christ, diminish Christ. Sometimes ignorance, sometimes on purpose. Do our works line up with our character and faith, and are they consistent with the foundation in Jesus? So we are all works in progress. No one here is perfect. No one here is complete. We're all works in progress, all of us, but we still pursue Christ-likeness daily, don't we? Absolutely we do. We're pursuing Him daily, and in this pursuit to be like Christ, we are consistent with the foundation that He has laid, or are we not consistent? Again, you got to know God's Word. Because I'm going to tell you something about the world. The world is going to call on you to be inconsistent. Please, please, Christian, bend this way. Christian, will you please think this way? Mr. and Mrs. Christian, will you just vote this way? Just easier. That is why I say this is encouraging. This is, I get pumped up when I think about it. This is why it's encouraging. This is why it's exciting. Because the Christian should be inspired, you ready? To live purposefully, honestly, to live in integrity and with love, knowing that these things, that these things have a lasting impact. The life you live has a lasting impact. And not only do your works affect you alone, but they affect those around you. There comes a great responsibility with our choices, a great responsibility with our actions. This is truth. And as we can see, there will be a great accounting of our choices and actions. Now, I can look around this room, and I can tell you that I see selflessness, kindness, compassion, love. I have been on the receiving end of that. I hope that sometimes you've been on the receiving end of that too. These are wonderful things. Don't we want these to shine bright as they're revealed by fire? Don't you want to stand before Jesus and see the selflessness of your life, the kindness, the compassion, the love? I do greatly. It's inspiring to me to want to be living in a purposeful life that Jesus will see 
and later will be revealed before him as I stand before him. So we want our works, our building materials like these to undergo scrutiny. That's what we want Jesus to see. Let them undergo scrutiny, separating the perishable with the imperishable. And that is why I say that this is exciting, it's encouraging, it's inspirational. Because I want to live a life, I'll tell you right now, I want to live a life that is building purposefully and consistently with our perfect foundation, Jesus Christ. I sat on my grandmother's lap at five years old, accepted Christ. I can remember it to this day. I chose another route, you know, later on in my 20s. But I was saved. Prodigal son story, no big deal. But a foundation had been laid. When I came back to Jesus, it wasn't like I was going to reinvent him. Jesus, this is how it's going to be between us. (laughs) No. It's awesome to think that I get to build a life purposefully and consistently on a perfect foundation that I do not have to alter or change. It's perfect. So I build upon it. And that is Jesus Christ. How about you? Church family, are you encouraged to live a life of purpose and consistency where your works will be revealed by Jesus because you're going to stand before him, all of us? Isn't it exciting to think that these things are going to be revealed? Church family, we have been equipped for ministry. We have been equipped for ministry. We have been equipped to build up the body of Christ, which is the church. We've been equipped for that. We have been equipped for every good work the Bible tells us so. So let's look forward to being revealed by fire. Let's look forward to these things being revealed by fire at the judgment seat of Christ. It's exciting to think what we can do right now when we leave this building today, our lives, what we can turn around today and live purposefully and consistently, changing, because we know we stand before Jesus. So in this life, we live for Jesus. In the next life, we live with Jesus. So let's make this one count. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are blessed We are blessed. We've received an inheritance like no other. Father, we've received security, a guarantee with the Holy Spirit that we are connected to you and that we will be redeemed by you. Our salvation, Father, what a gift, secure. It's there. But Father, we know we stand before you. We stand before your son one day and we will be judged by this life. This one counts. Father, my prayer for everybody here today and myself included is that we begin to live consistently with what your word says, that we begin to live consistently with what you call us to because we are your children. We are heirs to the kingdom. Let our character, let the conduct of our life be representative of who Jesus is in our life. I'm praying for that right now, Lord. If we're not living right, Father, convict us. If we are living right, keep us on that path. Father God, it is so important for us to honor you and honor your son in everything we do. These materials, Father, these high-quality materials, these are what we want to focus on in our life. We don't know when you're coming back, and we don't know when we're going to step into eternity any other way, but we know that we will stand before you, and we know that you are going to reveal our lives everything by fire. You see all and you know all. 
Father, let us live now with that kind of purpose and let us be consistent with who you are in your word. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.